You are listening to episode 14 of the Japan Gamescast. On this week's show, Skyward Sword gets some much-needed quality-of-life updates, there's more news on Final Fantasy Pixel Remastered, and a real-life Pokemon Snap comes to Tokyo. All this and more, coming up. Welcome back to Japan Gamescast, the Japanese gaming news podcast recorded in Tokyo, Japan. I'm your host, Julian, aka Kenten Gamer, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. How you doing, man? Hey, doing pretty good. How's it going over there? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I mean, just complaining about the humidity, but uh, nothing a little little side I can't fix, you know, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty hot over here as well. I like these fruity little bowls. They're quite, you know, d- dainty. Oh, you- I'm not, I'm not really a big I'm not really a big guy, but like it makes me feel like a giant when I get this like tiny little bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the small glasses in restaurants always get me. You know, mm. like the the shot glasses of of water mm. that you like get in the restaurants. Yeah, um, have a water. Bam. bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, just before we get into our first news story this week, I wanted to share this uh, this little thing with you here, uh, which is a little tweet I found online, um, and it's the the f- kind of the first half of 2021 sales in Japan um, and showing off the the top uh, is it like 15 top 15 uh, games that have uh, kind of their, their sales rankings so I mean yeah there's no surprise uh, if you had to guess and you couldn't see this what would you guess that it was <laughs> like what would be the top selling yeah uh, yeah I would have assumed it was uh, Mario Kart 8 Oh, I would okay. have just assumed that just maintained a high position like yeah, throughout yeah. the year. Um uh, okay. <laughs> but uh yeah, this is uh this is pretty interesting. Only one mm. PS4 title. Yeah, so I mean that's one of the highlights of this um or one of the takeaways of this chart is just like the Switch just absolutely crushes it in Japan. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like nothing else stands a chance. And it takes like a big franchise like Resident Evil to break through, you know, onto onto the charts in any, in any regard yeah, but just to break through super mario party yeah which is not not exactly like a, a great <laughs> you know great and like game. Cl- clubhouse games he's like three positions above resident evil <laughs> it's mental yeah yeah i uh, tried the demo for clubhouse games and uh it, it was interesting oh yeah yes yeah, it's, it's pretty Demo-Othello, nice othello uh checkers what else do they have on there yeah it's, it's sometimes nice to just play a board game you mm. know I, every time I play one of these like virtual board game style things, I just want to play the real one, like with the physical. Yeah, pieces, I miss you know? the tactile feeling of the pieces, you know. <laughs> but it, it's really well made, so it does kind of give you that feeling like you're actually playing it. Uh, yeah, which yeah, is cool. Absolutely, but, yeah. So, um, j- just for our audio and listeners, uh, we'll just go through this ranking very quickly. Um, so from one to fifteen, we've got uh, Monster Hunter Rise at the top with a uh, two point two million. Sales. Uh, second place is Momotaro Densetsu with a million. Uh, and then go, going down from there, these all got like less than a million. But we've got Mario, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, Refit Adventure, Mario Kart 8, which is still in there after like four years. Well, that's deluxe, but the the base game came out like seven years ago, which is just incredible. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, uh, Smash, Smash Bros. Ultimate. That's quite surprising as well that it's still so high, number seven. Uh, Minecraft. Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town, New Pokemon Snap, Clubhouse Games, 51 Worldwide Classics, Splatoon 2, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Resident Evil Village, and Super Mario Party. So um, 
yeah, not, nothing, nothing groundbreaking there. Um, but I guess maybe a lot of our listeners who are not, you know, in Japan, they maybe don't keep up to date with the charts over here. And I think it's always just interesting to see what, you know, what appeals to Japanese people opposed to Westerners. Because I know for a fact, like in the UK, that the top game is, it just alternates between Call of Duty and FIFA. <laughs> you know, it's always yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's just a sports game or it's a shooting game, always. Well, I, I feel like uh, in Japan, like uh, mostly it's like kids driving the market. Mm. Where like in the West, we have, I think a lot more adults are into gaming. But mm. in Japan, it's like all the kids have Switches and, you know, like their parents are buying all, all these games. And I think that's what kind of keeps them, you know, the child-friendly titles so high on the list. But uh, but yeah, the only game on here that I don't know much about is uh, Story of Seasons. Uh, it's kind of um, Harvest Moon. So it's just um, basically a Harvest Moon, Harvest Moon clone. Um, but it's fine. I, I never played this particular one. Um, I saw they had a sale this week for like Story of Seasons, like Doraemon edition. Oh, so like, okay. So like, it's just that game, but with like Doraemon's farm. And uh, what's his name? Nobita, the little goofy, like nerdy kid. And uh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that maybe that's quite popular as well. Um, but yeah, that, that that's about it, really. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, it's about time to get started with the news this week. So uh, yeah, would you like? Uh, let's do it. Would you like to kick it off for us today? How gentlemanly of you! I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've got an update here from uh, the latest uh, Nintendo shareholders meeting. Um, and this comes from a blog called uh, Switch to Side B, which I've never heard of before, but I assume this guy is um, a shareholder in Nintendo because generally uh, shareholders are the people that attend these meetings. Um, but I quite like this blog. Um, There's got a lot of text, so we don't have to go through all of it. But um, at the start here, you'll see some pictures of the, uh, the Kyoto headquarters, which is pretty cool. Um, and then uh, as we go through, he's done all these like kind of little manga sketches of his experience, you know, going through, uh, you can see here he's going like the, um, the reception area and he talks about going through like the, uh, the Corona kind of, um, procedures and stuff, safety mm. procedures. Um, but yeah, I just thought this was quite a cool, like little, you know, like insider view, you know, <laughs> it, it says down there like that you could play soccer in, in this like, uh, meeting room because it's so Huge. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kagi should see it's so big. Yeah, so I don't know. He's drawn like I don't know, like a hundred chairs there, but uh, yeah, it looks like a sports gym or something. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, the, yeah, the inside got... of of Nintendo is just hollow. It's just it's just an empty. <laughs> that's empty it. Yeah, warehouse. <laughs> I mean, even the outside doesn't look at, like what you'd expect from Nintendo, right? It's just like a cube, like a grey cube. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, we go down here and uh, you know, a little picture of Furukawa-san, which is pretty cute. Um, and then there's a couple of like um, stats on like the sales and stuff, but that's not super interesting. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of questions here. So maybe I thought we could just um, go through them. Um, some of them are interesting. Some of them aren't. <laughs> mm. um, but I thought, I thought that the first one was kind of a bit like a political, you know. Yeah, so this, this first question here, it basically says that um, Nintendo has not... Uh, had a, a great track record so far with gender uh, recognition or gender, I guess, equality in their games. And I, I, gu I guess the context of that question is saying that, like, you know, a lot of games you can't choose feel male or female or or the games where you do make your own character. There's no, like, 
sexless category or I don't, I don't really know because <laughs> it doesn't mention that in there, but it just says that they're not doing enough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. How, how do you feel about that, Ryan? Would you, would you, I, I just want, I want playable Zelda as soon as possible. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I think, I think everyone's wanted that for 30 years, you know, <laughs> I, I just, I just thought that'd be a cool way to, you know, like, cause Zelda such an interesting character and I feel like she deserves to kind of have like a moment in the spotlight and not just be like a damsel in distress all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, they did, they did a great job. Not a great job, but they did a good job of pushing that forward with Breath of the Wild, I thought. You know, they gave her a lot more, like, power, and she's, you know, she's a much more, like, independent. But then there's, there's the emotional parts where she breaks down and cries and stuff. But I don't think I don't feel like that was, like, she's because she's a weak woman. It's just, like, the story, right? She loses, like, everything, and then she kind of, like, breaks mm -hmm. down. But, yeah, I think if you played as her in, like, Breath of the Wild 2, that'd be badass. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I was hoping for. I'm... I think I'm not thinking so after we saw that trailer, but who knows, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. there'll be playable sections where she's like down under Hyrule and like mm. links above in the clouds or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could be. I, I did want to say in Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses, uh, the character Byleth, it couldn't be male or female. And Ooh, uh, interesting. I know. Yeah. And so Byleth, you choose in the beginning and then uh, Byleth uh, can date because there's kind of a, a date i don't know if mm. you call it dating i guess it is date. Mm. it's like a sort of a dating type mechanic with like the other teachers and um mm. when the students get older eventually the students uh which is a little weird but uh you can actually <laughs> date male or female characters regardless of whether your byleth is male or female which oh, i okay. thought is really cool so yeah, that's kind of cool, yeah. kind of a win for lgbtq people so, um, yeah, I say, I say, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I thought that was cool on Nintendo's part of like having a little more um, openness in their games. The next one uh, is they're talking about the the Smash Bros. Um, tournaments and how popular they've been, and um, yeah, they're just wondering like what's kind of the future going to be like for uh, Smash Bros. or other games, you know, in the esports e scene. Um, the answer is a bit generic but they're just saying like yeah we want to hold more events after corona um and they basically say like um it's a good way to get people into the franchise that maybe would, wouldn't be into the franchise so you know if they hold like a big tournament and there's loads of like excitement and buzz and maybe the kids at school like talking about it maybe they don't really know the game but they're like oh what's this like cool thing that everyone's getting excited about and then that's kind of like the gateway into smash bros or pokken tournament or splatoon or something like that yeah, like Nintendo hasn't been really supportive of like esports that much, right? I mean, there is Splatoon, I guess, which is sort of esports like. But um Yeah, I mean, I'd say they they have but only very recently. Um so mm. I think the, the last like 3 or 4 or 5 years at E3 time, they they hold like the Nintendo World Open or Nintendo Oh, well, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a big tournament, and they generally oh, the, have like the world world championship. Is that it? Ah, uh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like an invitational, right? So they they invite like all the best Smash players to come and play, and stuff. And I think they've been really good. It's mainly been Smash Bros leading the charge, but I think Splatoon also has helped. And I don't know if you've played Splatoon like one or two, but um, I think both of the games had this feature. But I remember in number two, uh, they were doing like these weekly like, um, like events where like 
it was kind of stupid. It was like mayonnaise versus ketchup or like. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Or like Mario versus Zelda or whatever. And you, and and you, you like play, choose you, the side. Yeah, you play for your team, right? And if you win the match, then that side gets like a point. And But it's like global. Oh, okay. So like, you know, like one team will have like 50 million points and the other team will have like 30 million points. <laughs> or maybe it's not points. It's just like a percentage. But it's like, it counts for like everyone, like every, all across the world. So, um, you know, they've always been good with like multiplayer stuff. And I, f- I think they, they know the value that um, these tournaments can bring, I guess, to their to their games yeah um, yeah they just they need to update their online service to be a little more modern i think um, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well that, i mean speaking of online service the, the next question was um are you in, are you considering to improve uh the online service um and basically again they just give a very like fluff answer of just like you know we want to make improvements for everyone to enjoy um and you know we want to increase the number of subscribers but there's no answer as to how they achieve that or how to make it more appealing to people. So that's a little bit, a little bit disappointing. Maybe let's cut this a little bit short. I'll just go on to the, the very next question and then we'll, we'll end it there. But um, yeah, they say um, coming up to E3, there was uh, kind of heavy rumors of a new Switch model, which Switch Pro or Super Switch or whatever people are going to call it. Um, and they're saying that obviously when it wasn't announced, uh, the stock value dropped and they're asking, they're asking the board members, you know, are there any updates on a new model? And mm. this is one of those kind of stupid things. Like we've talked about it before, like how we kind of get a bit sick of the rumors and stuff, but it's kind of mental how like it can really change the value of a stock, you know? Yeah. Just the, over over the complete rumors. speculation. Um, uh, yeah, but that's the, just, just what happens, right? It's just kind of crazy. Well, I mean, it's kind of the, the want and the expectations of the consumers, right? Mm. So like if, people really want something and the company provides it like that adds a lot of value i guess yeah uh, of course yeah, i mean as a shareholder you, you always want you want your investment to grow right but i think a lot of these shareholders are doing like short term they're just in it to make a quick a quick few bucks and then just jump out oh uh, yeah you know nintendo as a company has been around for 100 years so they don't they don't look at it like that they they think well I mean, nobody knows what they actually think but i assume that they think you know it's like we just pace ourselves. We're in, we're in no rush to do anything because everything we do just makes, except for the Wii U, but everything else just makes stacks of money. So yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, like um, the answer from uh, Furukawa Sam was just that um, you know we, we we've always got plans for future hardware. Um, we'll just announce it when the time is right. And they they say like the timing of the announcements is quite critical to them. You know, it just sounds like marketing talk, but you know it, mm. again, it is up to them. You know, when they want to announce what hardware they have coming out um so yeah that was pretty interesting um to see some of those um kind of questions and answers and get a little bit of insider information but i think the biggest takeaway from that was most people were saying like oh okay well there isn't there isn't a new switch coming uh soon right i mean they they could be Mm -hmm. lying but it doesn't seem like there is (laughs) yeah yeah and i'm just you know i'm just gonna not think about it and and mm. when Nintendo announces it, it'll be you know, like it'll be very <laughs> expected. I don't know how to how to put it, but like we yeah, all know, yeah, yeah. a new Switch is coming eventually. It's just a matter of of how many more years. So um, like for me, I I don't have any hope for this year, but you know mm. maybe next year. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, all right, cool. So uh, that's the uh, Nintendo shareholders meeting minutes. I guess we can call them. Uh, So let's move on to uh, our next story of the week.
All right, so uh, in our next bit of news, we're going to talk about Skyward Sword HD and the new features trailer, which highlights some quality of life improvements for the game. So um, it's looking really good. I'm very excited for this game. Uh, and I th think our first bit of uh, new information is the optional help from Fee. Mm. Uh, so or Fi. I believe Fi, it's Fi, yeah. actually, right? It's I think yeah. it's Fi, yeah. Like the 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 Japanese pronunciation is Fi. But yeah. I always said fi, I always said Fi. <laughs> I, I said Fi it. for a long time, but now uh, now I know it's Fi. And um, yeah, yeah. So this optional help from Fi should be. Um, I'm hoping this means that like you can avoid her, right? I think that's what everyone's hoping. But as we can see here, the Link's sword is flashing. Mm. And uh, when it flashes, you can pull up like uh, dialogue options mm. for uh, for your objective or advice or analysis. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I'm assuming this is going to be kind of like a Navi mechanic where, you know, there's a hey, listen, and then you can choose if you want to listen to to fly uh, or not. Where mm. in, in the original game, um, she just popped up and started talking to you and it mm. kind of like abruptly just halted your your adventuring so um yeah any thoughts about this uh i mean it's fine i think I, I assume it's just to like aid people who are struggling with the game i guess like younger people it's not a very difficult game so um i don't think i ever really struggled to get through any sections of it but you know some people experience it differently so that's always good but yeah when i saw like the first optional not the word optional i thought like can i skip all the the bollocks stuff that I don't want to, I don't have to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you um, can, and um, or even if you can't, uh, later on in this trailer, they they also announced that the dialogue is uh, mm. you can fast forward dialogue. Yeah, so yeah. In the original game, it it was a text scroll, I think, and it just slowly like, you know, mm. you know, gave you the text. But I guess now you could skip through it. So even if there is some event. Where you know Fi pops up and wants to talk to you, you can just button mash your way straight through it. So they've also improved the controls for Skyward Sword HD. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, enhanced which, control options, yeah, yeah. Yeah, enhanced control options, which means uh, you can use the buttons only. Mm -hmm. um, and they're showing a switch light here using the uh, right thumbstick to swing the sword, which has already been announced. And um, you can still use motion controls. Um, I'm hoping the Switch controllers are more accurate than the Wii remotes were. Uh, mm, I should, think they've already should... been proven to be less accurate, which is unfortunate. Oh, is that right? But, oh, man. but like most games don't really use them. But I, I imagine like mm. it wasn't down to the accuracy of the hardware. It was probably just like a, a coding bug. Or, I don't know. Like it just needed better fine tuning. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. But I'm probably going to play it. You can see here on the right side the buttons only controls. So. I'm definitely going to play it like in handheld mostly. So, ah, I see. I'm, I'm going to go with that, yeah. motion controls personally because I actually really enjoyed the motion controls on Skyward Sword. Yeah, um, it was fine. I, I feel like it slowed you down a bit because, like, you know, if your thumb's on the stick and you want to swing left, you just push it left, right? But when you want to swing left, you have to like pull your arm back and then swing left. So, uh, like, yeah. I always felt like my my reactions were delayed. Well, I remember uh, when Twilight Princess came out on the Wii and like everyone was so stoked like mm. that they were going to be able to swing Link's sword. But then it ended up 
I mean, you could swing the Wii, Wii remote, but it was just like a button press, basically. Mm. And uh, people were disappointed at the time. And then when this game came out, it was like, you can finally swing up or down, left or right. Mm. So um, and I think that was a big part of the marketing for this game was like that freedom of motion with the sword. Mm. Um, which, you know, is still there with the handheld controls. But for me personally, uh, I think the motion controls are cool. And it, it's one of the things that like, makes Skyward Sword unique. Um, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the mechanics, like, and just generally how it affected the gameplay. Um, you know, it, it kind of reminded me a lot of the other Zelda games that have always had, like, a, a particular element that, you know, it's a bit gimmicky, but it just kind of, you know, they always find so many interesting ways to implement it that it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't feel like that, right? Because I feel like the the Zelda studios or the studios that make the Zelda games are, are definitely some of the most creative that Nintendo has. So mm. they always, they always figure out, you know, how to implement it correctly. But yeah, I think just more for ease of use. I'm, I'm more down for the, um, the button controls here, but either way it look, looks good. And uh, yeah, glad, yeah, yeah, it looks know. great. Uh, so let's see. They've also, Oh, I'll give it a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we can see motion controls here for the bow. Um, and then we've got uh, additional quality life features. Uh, oh, oh so, enhanced frame rate, yeah. So. so yeah, here they've announced that the frame rate is enhanced, which um, we believe that means it's going to be 60 FPS. Mm. Um, although they haven't officially said that it's 60 FPS, it just says enhanced. But uh, I think uh, I think it is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can obviously see it's sixty, um, but you know, we'll get the digital foundry breakdown, I'm sure, in uh, yeah. a couple of days after, after just to confirm. But it's definitely not going to be like in four K. So it'll just be like 1080p, you know, sixty FPS. I think I imagine you know, um, if you think about like um, the Mario 3D collection, they had a Mario Galaxy on there, mm. and um, it's speculated that that's running on an emulator inside the Switch. Um, ah, yeah. Because, you know, they did those, um, they released a bunch of like GameCube games on, or like Wii, Wii and GameCube games on the NVIDIA Shield in China. Oh, um, I see. Was that uh, Nintendo? So I guess Nintendo did that, right? Yeah. So NVIDIA makes the chip in the Switch, right? Um, and it's basically the same processor as the NVIDIA Shield. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's cross kind of cross compatible, basically. And just to, I guess, just to like, or maybe as their as part of their like partnership, like Nvidia were like, yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll make your chips. Um, you know, would you like, would you mind us like putting some of your games to help us sell units in China? Or I don't know what kind of deal they came to, but I'm sure Nintendo got a decent amount of cash out of it. So yeah, we've got possible emulation here, uh, mm. probable, I guess. Uh, and uh, there's also the aforementioned uh, fast forward dialogue uh, mm. feature. And I believe uh, cutscene skipping is now possible. Yes. Although that, uh, that the game has uh, great cutscenes. Mm. So uh, so I won't be skipping most of them. But, you know, <laughs> if we die and we have to repeat a cutscene or something, you know, it could be useful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th this is the most important change in the game. This, this, I don't want to call it a feature because it's not a feature. It's just a, a, an abomination of game design. Whoever decided that this could stay in the final game should be <laughs> should be taken outside and shot. Like every time you picked up a rupee in this game, it told it explained to you what a rupee was. 
and it played yeah. the fucking chime and it came up with the box and the box that you couldn't skip because there was no text skipping. Oh my God, it was the worst thing. It made me want to stop it, playing the game several times. And and not only the rupees, but like the bugs. Uh, yeah. Uh, and oh, also, the yeah, these uh, stamina fruits. Mm. Um, I just stopped collecting bugs because I got so annoyed. <laughs> oh, and then there's also like the little fossils and things mm. uh, that you had to collect. But uh, yeah, they've taken that out. So you only get the information once. Yeah. Uh, the just, first just time awful. you collect an item, which is, it's just a, I feel like it was an oversight by Nintendo. Mm. Maybe like a bug that they just never fixed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, seems, yeah, seems if they didn't they address uh, yeah. this, I would be very disappointed. Yeah, you know, I can't imagine like yeah. all the Q and A testers like pl play testing the game before it came out. There's, there's probably about a team of like twenty people playing it like for eight hours a day, you know, mm -hmm. testing it before it comes out. I can't imagine none of them like submitted the complaint that like, yeah, um, I don't know if you noticed, but like every fucking time you pick up a rupee, it like tells you what a rupee is. But yeah, I can't imagine like <laughs> yeah. our numerous Sam just being like, mm, yeah, it's a badly complaint, but you know, I, I want to leave those in there. Like, I really want to just like frustrate the player. And like make them really regret buying this game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I'm just so glad that they released this trailer because like a lot of uh, people online kind of been uh, been shitting on this game, you know, because of yeah, these kind yeah. of things. And so it's just cool to see that they've addressed all these issues. And um, I think with all these like little gripes fixed, this is going to be a a great popular Zelda game. Cool. So yeah, that's Skyward Sword HD. It's coming out uh, this month, I believe, on the seventeenth. Uh, yes, yes, very yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. just I've got that pre-ordered. Top of my head, <laughs> I've got that pre-ordered. I've got the uh, the Hyrule Joy-Con pre-ordered, and I've got Ooh, the, yeah, uh, I might have to get those too. I need Zelda to make and some Skyloft, uh, um, amiibo. Yeah, I'm gonna make some pre-orders after we get off the get off the show. That's it, but, man. Uh, I would highly advise that. All right, so uh, yeah, let's keep it. Let's keep the energy high with some more gaming news. All right, cool. So next up is the uh, Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, which was oh, okay. uh, shown off by Square Enix at E3, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, they just briefly showed it off at E3. Mm. But um, yeah, we've got some screenshots shown from the first three games and uh, a release date. So... Mm. Uh, they're going to be releasing this on uh, June, or I'm sorry, July 29th, right? Uh, on Steam. Yes. Which is pretty cool. And I think it's coming to uh, to like mobile app stores at a later time. Mm -hmm. um, but they haven't officially announced the date yet. Mm. And uh, so right now, uh, Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3 are coming, but they haven't, um, they haven't announced the dates for 4, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. So uh, Final Fantasy 1 and 2 will be uh, 1,480 yen, so about $14. Uh, and then Final Fantasy 3, 4, 5, and 6 are going to be 2,200 yen. So uh, it's a little Price. bit more money if you want to buy uh, Final Fantasy 3. Yeah, it's um, no price, isn't it? <laughs> if, yeah. <laughs> and for people who are committed to playing all the Final Fantasies in the Pixel Remaster... Uh, they have a a bundle of all uh, all six games for nine thousand one hundred seventy two yen, wow. and uh, yeah, so about ninety dollars, and that'll be that's twenty two percent off of what it would have been to buy them individually. So okay, I guess that's not yeah, too that, bad. 
Yeah, that's all right. I, I don't think I'll be playing through all of these. But uh, yeah, maybe we can uh, take a look through some of these uh, screenshots here. Yeah, so um, uh, just as you were explaining there, I think I was showing the screenshots for Final Fantasy 1, um, and then this is Final Fantasy 2 now. Um, so again, it just looks like the original version, nothing too spectacular. But one thing I do like, actually, um, especially when you're trying to play in Japanese, is they've added like modern text like sharp like fonts because trying to read oh, like, yeah trying to read like pixel japanese is like the fucking most painful thing <laughs> yeah. ever it's it's horrible yeah um, yeah it can be rough but uh yeah this looks really good um we still have the sprites mm. um and the pixel backgrounds but they just seem cleaner yeah, so, everything, everything's got rendered a little bit sharper, obviously. Um, the colors are nice. The colors are really punchy. Um, I don't know how that compares to the original. Um, but I always remember these games looking a bit like murky. So I don't know if they've just kind of like tweaked the color palettes a little bit. Yeah, this is sure. a really interesting way to do a remaster because like they've really kept the quality of the originals intact. Like mm. they like it's it's just a, almost slightly improved version of the original like in, with all the you know the pixel art and everything yeah which is, which well, is really cool i mean you could um, argue that so, some games just don't need a remaster um, yeah yeah in that uh, regard i think it's a bit unfair to charge such a high price for these games but like you know um like i say for me just changing the font into like readable text is much much appreciated there, there are um there are some quality of life uh, updates too as well um they've announced that there will be an a monster encyclopedia for helping you track down all the different enemies and mm. uh let's see we've got sound prea i don't know <laughs> what is sound player oh sound, sound but okay like an audio uh, audio yeah tracks. yeah that was uh that was the the image i was just showing here a second ago um oh it's okay like, yeah it's, it's basically you can just listen to all the tracks on the game which is really cool. And and so these tracks are actually uh, arrangements. Uh, so they're updated from the original mm. uh, the original music. So um, Oh, that's cool. Uematsu-san uh, actually oversaw the um, rearrangements of these, uh, these tracks. Mm. So I think they're staying true to the original compositions. Mm. But maybe they're just updating like the some of the sounds and, um, you know, just... Just like the rest of the game, they're just giving the the audio a fresh coat of paint as well. Mm, so interesting. So that'll be really cool to hear, like the original music, just kind of updated um, for this new release. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, th there'll be some concept art available in a in an art gallery. Um, they will have auto battling, so uh, instead of having to pick every command, you'll be able to set the game to um, to you know, just attack or just defend, mm. um, you know, maybe just healing. So uh, like Dragon Quest has had that for a while. So it would be nice to see that in the old Final Fantasies. It uh, it really makes the games more relaxing to play, to be able to set that auto battle on and just like let your guys level up, you know, mm. especially, especially if it's like a, a basic enemy or, you know, someone, you, you know, you don't want to fight the same monster like 20 times. So it's nice to just put it on auto and uh, let your then what, what are you doing? You're just watching the game play itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is kind of dumb, but uh, maybe that's better than just spamming like the A button 
like, yeah, I, w- waiting I wish they just did like a. Um, I forgot any examples in like recent history, but I know that there have been quite a few remasters, like for RPGs where they've added like a speed up function. So like, yeah, go like like three or four times like frame rate. I think just, Final yeah, Fantasy seven, eight, nine have that. Oh, okay, yeah. I know. Um, I know there are some like recent, like especially yeah, Final Fantasy games. Um, but like I say, I forgot the, the specifics, but I would prefer that to be honest, just to get through the battle quicker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, so I'm not sure if they have that on these, it's not listed here, but, mm. um, they do have a, uh, it says Doku Demo Save, which is like, uh, mm. save states. Mm. So you don't have to, uh, like go back to a, a church or I can't really remember how you saved in the originals, but. Mm. Um, you'll be able to just save your progress and come right back to where you left off. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's about it for the uh, the announcements for this game. Yeah, looks looks good. Um, again, it's probably more for like the people who like played the originals, right? I don't. I can't imagine like like newcomers to the franchise seeing these games and be like, "Oh man, I've got to pick that up." I imagine it's I, more it's, it's twanging on that like uh, that nostalgia bone for most people. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say for people who are new to Final Fantasy, you know, um, they might want to start from, you know, one and then go through the games. Mm. Uh, it can be tough to go back to Final Fantasy like one and two um, and because they're just really old. You know, we, we talked about that with uh, with Metroid, right? Mm. Where like if you play the original one, it's just like almost too old. Uh, yeah, it's be- yeah. becoming kind of a, a relic. So I like to see these classic games updated and preserved in a way where they can still be enjoyed um, yeah, yeah. By, by younger people. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, I guess, uh, yeah, do you want to move on to our next story? Yeah, so uh, more new game stuff. Let's keep the train rolling. Uh, there was an announcement this week that there's going to be a new uh, expansion and uh, director's cut for uh, Ghost of Tsushima which uh, is not a Japanese-developed game, uh, if you didn't already know. <laughs> um, but it's obviously it's set in Japan, um, and it received a lot of praise from Japanese developers. Um, they were Everyone seemed to be very impressed that like a game this detailed could be made by Westerners. Um, and I think, I can't remember, it was the guy who directed, the director of um, the Yakuza series. He, he, I remember like, some interview, I think it was him, he even seemed like a little bit annoyed. He was like, "Yeah, we should we should have made this game." <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, you, you fucking didn't." Because <laughs> like, I, I feel like you know all the historical Japanese games made by Japanese companies, they always go a bit over over the top with like the anime vibes and like Sengoku, like Dynasty Warriors kind of ridiculous battles and stuff. And I'm not saying yeah. this game is a hundred percent realistic; it is fictional, but. It's much more rooted in reality. <laughs> yeah, and I think we see this happening a lot where like Western companies like go for this realism, like more mature kind of kind mm. of vibe and, and Japanese uh, developers tend to lean towards more fantastical yeah, uh, yeah. stories. So it makes sense that a Western uh, company would make a game that's like, uh, you know, a historical know fiction Mm. like you know there's like red dead redemption 2 um or even something you know grand theft auto like rockstar stuff it's always kind of based in reality Mm. um but yeah this so this announcement is the uh ps5 right 
director's cut version. Yeah, so um, I played it recently. I completed it recently. Um, it was one. Of the, it was the second game I played on my PS5 because I, I I started with Spider Man, um, and then yeah, I picked this up. Uh, obviously, at the time I picked up the PS4 version, um, but because mm. it had like a, um, a PS4 Pro enhanced mode on it, when you put it into the PS5, it's running in backwards comp- compatibility mode, but it's just like boosted up. So like the frame rate just never drops. It's locked at 60 FPS. I don't say it's like a native 4K, but it looks really sharp. Um, Mm -hmm. And the graphics is just stunning anyway. So like, I can't, I'm not even sure how they're going to make this game look any better. Like I'm really struggling to imagine. Like They're they're advertising 4K 60 mm -hmm. for the the whole thing, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, it was, it's definitely like 60, maybe like 1440p is a minimum, I would say. Um, mm. but like it's so it's so hard to tell, you know, like unless you you keep pausing. But I never noticed any moments in the game where like even if it was like dynamic resolution, I never noticed it was dropping down to like 1080. It never looked that blurry. It always looked like pin sharp. Um I guess it's one of those games where there's not a lot of like um like particle effects and stuff. So maybe you know in a game like um I don't know, like Doom or something, and like everyone's shooting bullets and everything's exploding at the same time. And all those kind mm. of like transparency effects could make the, the frame rate drop a lot. But maybe in this game, there doesn't have that much stuff like that. But it has things like, you know, like the um, the grass that just kind of moves like, on its own. And it like depends on the wind and like the wind moves and like the rain. And there's a lot of other like different types of effects. The lighting is incredible. Um, so I'd imagine they're just going to like polish it up. They might add some ray tracing just to like, you know, give it some extra like realism on the, the reflections and stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah. I think they're, they're adding new story content to this as well. Yeah. Right? So uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's going to be coming to PS4 version as well. So, uh, I mean, it's just specifically for the PS5 version. It's just like a, uh, uh, like a performance boost. Yeah. So um, we'll just jump back in the trailer here. So it, it's called uh, Iki Island, or I guess uh, Ikijima or Ikishima, uh, which is the expansion. Uh, it's somewhere back here. Um, uh, oh, it's uh, also like haptic feedback um, for the triggers. There's also when you, when you pull the bow, you'll feel it in the triggers, which is pretty cool. Um, what was that Japanese oh, announcement? Uh, lip sync, it said, yeah. Uh, ah, so so ja- I guess the original was in English, right? And so the lips were yeah. synced to English. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because the, the, I've got the name of the, um, the actor Daiki, I think his name, or Daisuke. Daisuke something. The, the guy who plays Jin, the main character, he's mm-hmm. an, um, a Japanese-American actor. Um, ah. So like you can see on the left here, this is the younger version of the main character when he's like a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you play as him when, I guess, I guess he's like 35 years old or something like that. Um, but the guy they use like his actual face model, so he looks like exactly like the main character. Um, but yeah, he, he acted all the lines in English. Um, and that's and I don't know if he speaks Japanese or not, um, but may- maybe like, as from what I hear from a lot of like Japanese Americans, they don't speak it like natively, right? They just learn it from their parents, but because they live in America, they don't learn it to such a deep degree because um, mm. they actually had another voice actor. Who, again, I forgot his name, but he's quite a big voice actor in Japan, but he did the voice for the Japanese dub. Um, ah, I see. But yeah, as with all dubs, right? You have to... Um, you can't just easily sync up the voice to the the mouth. So uh, 
that's quite an unusual tweak. I don't think I've ever seen that in a game before. They've gone back and redone like the mouth animations for the voice. Yeah, pretty cool. yeah that's actually really cool. Um, Cause I'm sure mm. that was a lot of work. Yeah, um, that must've been a huge task. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people who play this game played it in Japanese. Mm. Um, like even uh, if like the subtitles were English, like people probably just wanted those Japanese voices for like the authentic feel, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, what a cool announcement. Um, but yeah, this comes out on uh, the eighth, so the twentieth of August. Um, so from what I'm aware, it will be like a full, um, full price release. It's just like you know, like a game of the year edition kind of thing. If you buy it new, um, and I was checking on the the PlayStation Store last night, it's twenty five pounds, which is like thirty five dollars maybe. To if you've got the disc version. Uh, on PS4, and you want to play the DLC with the the PS5 updates. It's a bit confusing. So, like, you can put the PS4 disc in the PS5, and then download the DLC. That's twenty five pounds or like thirty dollars around that. And then, if you own the uh, <laughs> get this confused, if you own the PS4 version and you want to play the expansion pass, the DLC on the PS4, it's like nine pounds, which is about fifteen dollars maybe. So. Hmm. It's a bit, a bit of a clusterfuck when it comes to uh, the pricing and the yeah, getting all yeah, the extra and, stuff. But, but overall, like, yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, it's kind of like Final Fantasy Seven uh, Remake Intergrade was having a similar kind of thing with these like upgrade paths and stuff. Yeah, I'm glad to see they they updated it for PS5 though, because such a cool game, you know. And, yeah, uh, I think it was uh, it was only a matter of time. But I don't, yeah, I don't think anyone was actually expecting uh, DLC because the the story was pretty dense and it was really. I found it really interesting. Um, you know, historically, it's not completely accurate, but, you know, they really do a good job of building the world, setting the vibe. And, um, yeah, I'd be pretty interested to pick up the DLC and dive back into it. Um, so, yeah, we've got one last story uh, for the show today. Um, some more Pokemon news, as we seem to have every single week. So, uh, Ryan, <laughs> what's the scoop? Yeah, so uh, in our Pokemon news for today, uh, we have... The Pokemon Wonder theme park has been announced. So pretty big news, actually. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and this is uh, just outside of Tokyo, south of uh, Musashino. Uh, so that's kind of close uh, to where you live, right? It's not too far away yet. It's, uh, I, think, I believe it's in, in uh, Inagi City, but as mo most people tend to consider, like, all, even those cities, they're all just part of Tokyo as one, like, you know, like mega city. Um, but yeah, first let's just take a look at the uh, the teaser trailer we've got here. Um, so this got shown off, um, I forgot what day last week. It might have been like Thursday last week. Um, I just saw this on Twitter. Um, and it's just showing like, you know, like loads of like traditional kind of crafts. And it's got this like, like kind of plinky plonky, like, like Japanese like folk version of like the Pokemon song, like doom, 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 that kind of like uh, that tune. And here they're just making these kind of things out of like wicker and like dry leaves and stuff. Um, so everyone was like, oh, what, what the hell is this? Like it just says like Pokemon Wonder. And then like, you know, like, and then here at the end, there's like a little Metapod and it says like coming soon. <laughs> wow. But it's, wow, but it's like really a, cool. like a origami like leaf, you know, it's just kind of been folded into, into that. Right. Um, but yeah, the, literally the day after, then they put this press release out um, and actually showed off you know what what it actually was um so uh actually i've got the website here so let's go check this out yeah definitely 
Um, so I don't know if this is a new character. Um, so it says here, the Cresso. Cresso. I don't know if she's a character already, but Professor Cresso um, is like the, uh, you know, she'll kind of guide you through the experience. Um, you get a little cute Pikachu there with these little, with these little goggles on. Um, and then it's just like looking for clues, you know, like reads the sheet well. So you get like given a little sheet uh, before you go in. Uh, and then this is like the area. So it's like a, like a wooded kind of forest area. Uh, and this, this is a place called the, the Wonder Field. So that sounds quite nice. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah. So you, yeah. you arrive, arrive in the Wonder Field. Uh, then uh, it says, you know, go searching through the grass and uh, look for um, like a footprints or like, you know, traces of animals. And then here there's uh, some kind of little footprints. And then at the end, step six, like you find the Pokemon and then there's like a little oddish here, like hidden in the grass. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> He's so smart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It looks like quite realistic, right? The, it's almost a little bit creepy. Like the eye, look at the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he just starts blinking, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this looks really cool, and it's part of the uh, Yomiura uh, Yomiura Land, which is a mm. theme park outside of Tokyo. Mm. Um, I'm actually not familiar with this theme park. Uh, uh, it's kind of like a, I've never been there, but I know it's like kind of like a kids' like amusement park. Uh, and what I mean by that is like it's not just rides. The rides are a bit more gentle. It's got like Ferris wheel. And they have mm. like kind of like play areas, you know, and um, I think they do like a lot of different themed events like this. And, and I, I know in the winter, they always do like illuminations. So they, they just cover like the whole park in like LED lights, like Christmas lights. Oh, wow. And, and, and then, like, oh, it's, open, so cool. it's open at night. So you can go there. Usually kind of like a, like a date spot, you know, people take their girlfriends and stuff. Um, yeah. But, yeah. That sounds like a nice date. Yeah. Um, so I'll just read through a few, some of the information for anyone who's interested in, uh, mm -hmm. in going. So it says that it's opening on July 17th. Um, and it says July 17th through April 3rd, mm. 2022. So I guess, is it a temporary uh, temporary thing? Uh, yes. I mean, they're saying so, but I, I imagine they might extend it if it's popular. Um, so I'm just pulling up here. This is the, uh, the actual uh, site for Yomiuri Land. Uh, this is the ticket prices. Um, so uh, it says that um, basically for, for one one person, it's 490 yen, 4,900 yen, sorry, which is around, well, like $45. Um, and that's for a team of two. So you pay you pay that each and it comes to like 10,000 yen. Um, you can go on your own, but you have to pay for a minimum of two people. So it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to go on your own. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you, you want to pay for different... You can uh, pay for groups, um, and up to it's up to six people. So, what I've heard about how this runs, it actually sounds pretty cool. But it, it also means that it's really hard to get a ticket. Is that mm. uh, every ninety minutes they only admit uh, two teams of up to six people? Oh wow! So it's really yeah. like so when you go in, you will really feel like you know you're the only people there, which is really cool. Wow! Um, so you need a reservation to to uh, to attend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so which, on the website here, it says uh, Yoyakusuru up here. So just, you know, reserve the tickets. Um, from what I've heard, it's already sold out for like the first, like forever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, another detail I saw is you have to pay admission to the park first. Mm. And then you also have to buy a ticket for the Pokemon Wonder. Yes. Um, so um, the park admission, I think, is only about 1,200 yen or something like that. It's not too bad. Yeah. Um, 
But because this, this attraction only takes 90 minutes, uh, yeah, you'll obviously go in and out and then you'll probably spend the rest of the day at the park and check, check the rest of the stuff out. Uh, yeah, so, so I, I've got it listed at the admission to the park is uh, 1,800 yen. 1800 um, that's it yeah yeah and then the pokemon wonder will be uh 4900 mm, yeah depending so, on how obviously how many people but yeah uh so yeah yeah that's uh per person right mm, yeah um, yeah but yeah and you have to you have to do two people right so it it's a little bit of an expensive excursion but i'm sure it's a really unique experience so probably probably worth it yeah um, yeah def- definitely i mean like I say, it sounds like kind of a real life uh, Pokemon Snap. So if we go back up here, and this is the main like promo image for it. Oh, that's um, such a great, great promo art. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, really nice, you like a real photo and like with the art that's kind of overlaid. Um, so it just says like you know in nature, uh, search for the Pokemon, um, and you can see like a little Metapod. That's the little Metapod there. <laughs> um, that's tiny yeah. though. Like I wonder if that's actually one of them. Well, like, because I think like Metapod's quite big, right? In like in real life, <laughs> yeah, in, um, yeah, the real Metapod. Yeah, but I mean, like in the anime, he was always quite big, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe he won't be that. That'd be quite hard to find. Um, but yeah, you kind of go through this, this kind of bamboo woods here as well. It's got, like like smoke. I don't know if it's got like mist. That looked really cool. Uh, let's go back. Let's go back to the first photo here. Um, so there's like a little trail here. Um, it's just a picture of the sky. That's not too interesting. <laughs> There's a little pond. So I imagine there'd be like some water Pokemon hiding in the pond. It's like bamboo forest is pretty cool. Um, and then we come down here. So I forgot what the, some of the names are, but the, this little acorn Pokemon. Oh, Diglett there. Diglett, that's super cool, right? Uh, the Om- Omnimite. Is that what it's called? I forgot what it's called. Uh, Amnimite. Omnimite. Something mm. like that. Um, but he's from the he's like the fossil Pokemon from the first game, and then I don't know what this Acorn yeah. one is, but he's in the middle there, <laughs> Acorn Pokemon. But that's, yeah. that's super super adorable. It looks great. I love this uh, promo art, and um, this seems like a, a great place to visit. And um, if you're over there on the west side of uh, Tokyo, the Ghibli Museum is also nearby. Yeah, it's not too so, far. Yeah, so it's probably about a half hour bus ride from from there, but. Um, yeah, if you, if you could put, you get tickets, which I think actually, I was saying they're sold out already. If you go down to the bottom of the website, they're, they're actually not on sale anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so Sorry, guys. Out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's cool just to look through these pictures and, and imagine what it's like yeah, over there. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Overall, yeah, looks looks really nice. So yeah, not much to not much else to say about that because obviously they try and keep most of it hidden and they want people to you know, have a nice fresh experience when they go in and, and check it out. Um, yeah. But that's it. Yeah, that's, that wraps up all of our news this week. So uh, why don't we jump into some new releases? First up, uh, we've got a bit of a bit of an odd one here. Uh, this is uh, the Xbox release of uh, Master Blaster Zero, or Blaster Master Zero, shall I say, which came out like, you know, like 2017, uh, March 2017, on like every console in the West. So this is like the um, the Japanese release, and on the Xbox, which is like the least popular console in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a bizarre, bizarre release. But um, I think I played some of this at some point, but I can't remember mm. which console it was. 
I played um, it on Switch, yeah. I've got it on the Switch. Um, because it when it came out on the Switch, it was like I say yeah, March 2017, which is the month the Switch came out. So there wasn't a lot to play, right? So um I remember playing it on Switch and it's it's quite cool. So like it's a mixture of like Mega Man, like the character looks quite like Mega Man, right? Um yeah. and then, like this this top-down view looks a bit like um I don't know if you remember like getting like Super Smash TV. Um and then like this game, this looks a bit like Radius or something like kind of a you know like space shooter. Uh yeah. it's like a big combination of all these kind of like cool like genres from the 90s. Oh, that's cool. Um, uh looks great, yeah. Is this the exact same game that was uh released before? It's just a Japanese version I of believe, it? believe so, yeah. So it's just a localization. But um I don't know why this didn't come out before you know it didn't come out in japan before maybe maybe it did come out on the switch in japan i'm not actually sure but anyway it looks pretty nice it, it has a nice pixel style so i like mm. that i love these modern pixely games they, they just look great yeah i mean i think almost like once every every week we have something like this right this kind of um not this exact style but you know like modern retro style games um but yeah i'm always a big fan of, of that style um and i have played that game it's really really cool um, so that's just like a quick side note for um, anyone that's in Japan and wants to play in Japanese. Uh, yeah, it will now be available. It actually came out on the 1st of July, so um, it's already out uh, if anyone wants to pick it up. So uh, what's uh, what's next on our list there, Ryan? All right. So next up, we have the Silver Case. Mm, um, mysterious. I'm, I don't know much about this. Is it a mystery, mystery game? Yeah. So it looks like... Um, yeah, like a uh, kind of crime, like almost like text-based adventure. Um, you might have seen at the start there. It's produced by Grasshopper Games, who developed um, No More Heroes. And uh, there's a game called Shadows of the Damned, which like I fucking absolutely loved. It's like one of my favorite games on the 360, but it's very kind of obscure game that I don't think a lot of people played. Um, but I believe this is like quite an old game, and they've kind of remastered it or at least remade some of it in parts. Oh, I see. So yeah. it looks weird. Looks like it's just there's some like hand drawn art here. Yeah, so like it's all like kind of two D, but like the the drawings are a bit weird. The drawings look very nineties as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is directed by a uh, Suda Fifty One, who is the director of No More Heroes. I don't know if you've you played that series, uh, Ryan, but um, that's probably his most uh, modern, um, modern triumph. I guess you could call it. Uh, what he's oh, well, most well known for. But I believe he, this game came out quite a long time ago. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with this game. As I'm seeing yeah. that. <laughs> so it says that the heinous crime unit keeps Kanto safe. Oh, okay. Set in uh, Tokyo then. Mm. So yeah, anyone doesn't know, Kanto is just like the central like Tokyo kind of region of Japan. Um, so there's a serial killer disrupts the peace at the 24 wards. Ooh. But this kind of has like like I just finished Famicom Detective Club. Mm. Um, this looks a little more complex than Famicom Detective Club. Yeah, uh, this looks a bit trippy. I think this, this looks a bit more like psychological. Like, I feel yeah. like some weird stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah, this seems quite 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 complex with all this digital art like floating around in like <laughs> little windows and like just 3D shit like popping in and out with yeah, text all yeah. over the place. It, it looks kind of like a mess, but like in a good way. <laughs> it's just like all, yeah. of this, all of this like <laughs> yeah. random elements, like just mixing on screen. I feel like um, the, the actual game won't be this weird, but um, 
Maybe it's the trailer, yeah. Yeah, kill the past, kill the life, whatever that means. <laughs> Some non nonsensical Japanese English there. All right. Well, let's. I guess let's move on to the next one. But yeah, that's it. That's um. This- I already forgot what it's called. <laughs> that's the Silver Case Twenty Four Twenty Five coming out uh, on the sixth. So that should be coming out tomorrow on uh, all platforms, I believe. Was it just the Switch? I think they had a few different versions of it for different platforms. Uh, I think on most platforms, there's some version of it. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, I'll, 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 I'll let the, uh, the listeners uh, find that on them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not, if you're I'm, not sure how much, uh, I'm not sure how much appeal <laughs> this game has. It looks a bit weird, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our next game. We've got uh, East uh, 9. East 9. Yes. Yeah. So let's check this out. Made by East Falcom. Nine. Falcom um, is the, the famous uh, JRPG company, mm, not Square Enix. But yeah, Falcom. we've mentioned them quite a few times recently. Oh, Bokensha, the word you learned, uh, you taught us the other day. Was Adventurer. that last, last week? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that was our, our word for and Boken, and just so Boken again. <laughs> Boken, yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyone that stays one. till the uh, the end of the episode and likes to learn Japanese with us, um, you know, the, the words that we teach you generally are quite useful and you'll see them popping up all over the place. Um, so have you played any of this series, Ryan? This uh, East series? I haven't played any of it, uh, but I I watch a, a guy on YouTube who's a huge fan of it and he's mm. always raving about it. Um, okay. And so I oh. I've been wanting to check one out, but I just haven't haven't gotten around to it. Uh, okay, that looked cool. It was like um, as you were talking there, there was like one bit with the girl that ran up the wall. I don't know if that was like gameplay or it was like a cutscene, but it looked like gameplay. You know, run up the wall, and then like there was another guy who was like flying. So looks a bit more like dynamic than like a, just an average JRPG. Yeah, m- my understanding is these are really great games, but they they appear a little bit generic on mm. like. Like just if you look at it, but I think they mix a lot of different um, action elements and uh, puzzles. And oh, things. interesting. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, I always feel like gameplay-wise, a lot of these games are quite solid, but because sometimes they can be quite uninspiring with the artwork. You know, it makes you feel like it's all just the same stuff. Yeah, with this kind of thing, I I feel like once you get into it, you you know, it it becomes yeah. more appealing to you. But like, yeah, yeah. B- before you like dip your toes in or whatever, like it just from the outside, it, it just seems like a generic, like you mm. know, R- RPG. Yeah, yeah. But I think most I even, yeah. most RPG games are kind of like that. It's like you have to kind of allow yourself to like fall into the world and mm. to like meet the characters and and you know get invested in the story and the systems and things. I think yeah, they, they usually have their own. Yeah, you like unique quality, like you say, but it just takes a little while to get like unravel all the the, the tutorials and the the kind of generic yeah. build up. Like they always kind of start the same way, and you know it can be a little bit a little bit tiresome. But um, this actually looks pretty cool. Um, this story sounds kind of interesting. They're saying like you know the the mysteries of this like I don't know like demonic like force or something like <laughs> I don't know. it's kind of hard to pay attention when when you're talking but um <laughs> yeah it sounds sounds interesting but uh, yeah that's uh definitely one for fans of uh east one to eight i don't know if you've uh if you completed all those you may want to pick up nine uh and that also comes out tomorrow uh it's going to be on uh switch and pc cool all right so next up 
for our new releases is Ender Lilies Quietus of the Nights. Mm, this is a interesting looking game. So uh, yeah, so I, I don't know anything about this. So let's see what we got. So this is the trailer from uh, this is from April actually. Um, so from what I heard online, I saw some people talking about it on Twitter. Uh, I mean, you can pretty much see it already. Like it's got a very heavy like um, Hollow Knight vibe. The colors, right? Like the dark black and like that kind of saturated green stuff. But then also the enemies look a lot like uh, Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Um, yeah, I, I like this art style they have. Mm. It's pretty cool. Um, it looks almost 3D at times. Mm. Although it's a 2D game. Yeah, I really like the look of this already, yeah. Um, I think the main character is a bit weak though. Just like a little girl. I think she has she has the power of this like demon demonic ghost uh, thing oh okay it's uh, like a stand uh, okay yeah so when she attacks it's like this this ghost like spawns in and just just destroys shit <laughs> uh, i see i see but yeah so this looks kind of cool um hmm. i see the map screen up there it looks a little bit like it's a metroidvania mm. um yeah well, so it's got it's definitely got like a lot of um hollow knight vibes to it um, you can't hear the music over the stream, but it's got this kind of like, you know, like hallowing kind of like piano, very somber kind of tone to it. It sounds, it sounds very like Hollow Knight music as well, which was yeah, excellent. The, the music in that game was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it looks good. So our last game for uh, for today, Monster Hunter Stories 2. Yeah. So this is being getting some big hype. Um, obviously, uh, as we said at the start of the episode, uh, Monster Hunter Rise has been the biggest selling game for Switch in the first half of the year. Um, Monster Hunter is the, one of the biggest franchises in Japan. And Monster Hunter Stories um, follows on from... Well, Monster Hunter Stories 2 follows on from the original game, which I believe was on the 3DS. But this looks good, man. The graphics are really nice. Yeah, yeah. This, this looks really good. It looks a bit like Breath of the Wild. I feel like they definitely had some Breath of the Wild influence from this. This is stories too, so I I don't mm. really know the first stories actually. Yeah, I, di I didn't play it, but it looks really nice. Um, I think I was kind of considering picking it up, but you know the Switch was already out, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to 3DS. So I'm kind of done with that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I feel like Monster Hunter games are always a bit too involved, and they seem a bit like tedious. And I feel like I'd be more inclined to play it if there was more of a story, you know, and something to actually like some some more like definable missions or like objectives. <laughs> so this looks more appealing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm almost getting like a Genshin impact style graphical sort of thing mm. going on. Maybe. Yeah. Like you mentioned about breath of the wild. Cool. So then this is coming out on the ninth, right? Uh, yes. I believe so. That's going to be this Friday. Uh, it's going to be coming out on Switch and Steam for the PC. So uh, I guess actually maybe that's what we're looking at the PC version because I was thinking this looks way too nice to be a Switch game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, oh, that's good to see. I like to see when games get released on Steam as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Very cool. But yeah, I like, I like the characters. I mean, the characters have almost got a bit of um, like a Nino Kuni vibe going on as well. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a mix of a lot of stuff going on. But they don't, they don't look like you're just generic anime characters. That's cool. I like the, I like the dragon as well. 
And there's a cat, there's a little weird cat Pokemon thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess that wraps it up for uh, our new releases for this week. That's it, man. Yeah, that's uh, all the new releases. So all that is left to do is our Japanese for the week. This week's word for me is uh, seiko, which means success. So I learned this word from uh, Dragon Quest Eleven when you're doing the crafting. Mm. Uh, and if you're successful with making a sword or armor or something, it says like seiko. And uh, it like, pops up really big on the on the screen. Uh, there's mm. also uh, Daiseiko, which is like huge success or something. Mm. Um, so it's pretty cool. So the usage here, I have an example sentence. Kare wa seiko suru daro. Which mm. is like, yeah, he'll probably, you know, he'll probably be successful. Mm. Um, and then the opposite of seiko is shippai, uh, which is failure. So it's kind of like a game over screen in a lot of games. When you fail, mm. it says shippai. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, seiko, success. Shippai is failure. And uh, an example sentence. Shippai wa yurusarenai. Which means like, we will not allow a failure. Or we will mm. not accept failure. So you can imagine yeah. that happening. So if you play games in Japanese, you'll probably come across these two. Yeah, that, that, that's a good uh, that's a good pair of words. I use shippai a lot, like in real life as well. Just when I fuck something up, it's it basically means like oh fuck or like I fucked it up. Or just like, yeah, oh, you can say like shippai. Yeah, like shippai. Ah, yeah, Like if I'm, I don't know, like maybe I'm cooking or like I just like I cut something the wrong size or I don't know, like I break something. But like, ah, shippai. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel like it's quite a useful um, word. But, you know, yeah, most games rely on, like, success and failure, right? So, uh, yeah, nice. Good combinations, man. Very nice. Cool. Um, so what do you have for this week? Uh, I've got sku, which is um, to save. So uh, the the original word here, sku, means to rescue, to help out, to save. Um, but this almost appears in every every game as well, because most games you play as maybe a Borkensha, right? You play as the, uh, <laughs> the hero, the adventurer. And you have to save somebody. So um, there's a couple of usages that you generally seem to see. Um, so my example here is a sekai o skutta. So like this means that like, I saved the world because this is the uh, the past tense skutta, um, and sekai being world. So that is a very common word that you'll see. Like you know, almost every RPG starts with the word sekai. Like they'll say like in a magical world or like in a, a desperate world or so whatever, some kind of sekai, right? Um, and then the other example, which you might be familiar with, maybe from like Zelda or Mario, <laughs> yeah, uh, which is a uh, hime sama o skue. And this is the uh, imperative um, conjugation of the word. So sku turns into skue when it's like a command. So you're just saying like, save the princess. So it's more of like urgency. Yeah, that, that's basically the kind of the two main usages that I see. Because it's like a past tense saying you did it, you save the person. Or someone saying like, you know, you, you have to save them. Um, yeah, and the Hime-sama just being princess. So I think those are quite cool. And what actually reminded me of this this week was um, I was on the train, and I don't know if you've seen those um, those adverts. They're like uh, Luigi. It's called like uh, Lokujubi or their 
Luigi or Squid. Oh yeah. Have you yeah, ever seen, seen that? that? Which means like uh, save save Luigi in sixty seconds, and it's really it's really fucking weird because it's like Luigi's like in a, like a bird cage, like hanging over yeah. some lava, <laughs> and like Bowser appears, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. and then Mario comes in, and there's like the the question mark blocks, but there's like it says like A B C, and then it comes up with like a question, like a random like trivia question, and uh, it's basically for people to like on the train just to like answer the question and then see if they get it right or whatever. Um, but that's yeah. the, the, the title of the ski, the series features that word, and it's just telling you like you have to save Luigi in sixty seconds. But but basically mean like you know get the question right and you save him. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's kind of I, I always <laughs> like that ad. It always catches my eye when I see it on the train. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But, there's uh, so many, so many Nintendo ads on the trains I see, which is really cool. Yeah, especially if you if you're in Tokyo and you ride the Yamanote line, which is that's the, like, ma- that, the main tri- train. Like That's where green. I always see see that advert, um, and they run a lot of like uh, Animal Crossing ads, and I've seen like Splatoon as well. So lots of cool stuff. Yeah, um, Nintendo has like a year year round subscription for like advertising on Yamanote Line. Which, <laughs> yeah, which is nice. Yeah, it's um, always there. But yeah, that's my word, uh, Scoo. So um, yeah, if you want to save some people, people save you, then uh, it's a very useful word to know. Cool. Well, I guess that just about wraps it up for today then yeah that's it so uh thanks for listening everybody hope you enjoy this episode uh whichever platform you're listening to us on make sure you subscribe make sure you tell all your friends about this podcast uh leave us uh, a like uh, a five-star rating and if you've got some time uh leave us a review and let us know uh you know what you'd like to see more from in the show or what you're enjoying about it so far uh, if you want to follow me on twitter you can find me at kantan underscore japan And uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. So I guess we'll see you all next week. All right, until next time.